friends, how are you all? Welcome to the Ben Chapman Podcast. My name is Binyam. I am a life recalibrator, helping you recalibrate your past so that you can rewrite your future. I'm glad to have you guys here on today's episode. Today is episode number 78. <coughs> episode number 78. Today is the 20th of October. 2021. It continues to get a, a bit chillier here in Calgary, Alberta. Uh, this morning I had to scrape the frost off the vehicle. But such is is how the year transpires here in this part of the world. It gets cold pretty quickly and uh, we're kind of bracing for the next half a year at least of frigidness. <laughs> but I'm glad to start the morning off with you guys. Um, this been checking podcast has three specific pillars we like to cover uh, and give time to. One is the awareness piece, kindness, and happiness. Awareness of ourselves and who we are, how we are changing and growing over time. And goodness, 78 episodes in. I, I'm not sure if you guys are like me who have been following along to see how we are... Um, we're changing over time, you know, as we continue to consider, reflect. A lot of these self-reflecting questions get us to that point of saying, hey, um, what does this look like? So there's the awareness piece, which is really critical. There's the kindness piece, because in the midst of our change link, we are ch- uh, growing, evolving. And so what does that look like for us to be able to see ourselves from that vantage point and saying, hey, I am legit amazing, even as I'm going through change that may be challenging sometimes, right? And then finally, there is the happiness piece. The happiness piece that says, hey, what does it look like for us to process all of the other emotions as we are growing into um, new versions of ourselves. So I'm glad to have you joining in on today's episode, episode 78. Let me share with you the question we are answering today on today's podcast. The question we are considering is, what's the most exciting thing you've ever experienced? What's the most exciting thing you've ever experienced? Shall we dive in? <laughs> Let's dive in together. Um, the most exciting thing you've ever experienced. Usually, as you know, as I ask these self-reflection questions, and this one here is one of the self-reflection questions that gets us considering about our past, where we have been, what's gone on there, that helps you know um, confirm um, where we're going in the future. And so, I like thinking about the past. I don't live in the past, if I can make that distinction. I like thinking about the past, but I don't live in the past. That's an important uh, distinction, I think, that bears mentioning. And basically what, why that matters, I believe, is that um, those who are kind of stuck living in the past, they sort of like stay thinking in terms, usually from my observation, of the good old glory days, right? Here's what was amazing back in the day when I did this or accomplished this or experienced this or just a variety of things that they're like, hey, this is where I once was and here's where I'm going to camp out on because that was worthwhile remembering and I still want to stay there. And they forget to continue to grow and move into the future. So they're still living in reference of past um, experiences, which isn't helpful, I think, right? Thoughts on Stoic philosophy. Hmm. 
I'm not sure if I have anything right off the bat because I'm still trying to remember what Stoic philosophy is about. So see if you can jog my memory a little bit, my friend, uh, on what Stoic philosophy is. So there are those who are stuck in the past, who are always having that frame of reference and saying, here's what once was in my past, right? And as they're doing that, it's, um, hmm, I'm not sure it serves them well. I'm not sure it serves them well by way of... Um, by way of saying, hey, here's how we can... I'm just trying to like work my lighting here so I don't have the shadow right in front of me. But let's see if I bring this over here. Oh, I see that's over here. Give me a quick sec while I do a bit of maneuvering here so that we don't have like weird shadows that I'm fighting against. There we go. I'm going to place this right over here. One of the fun things about being uh, in... in uh, in front of the camera is you're learning a lot about lighting and which one works better, which one does not work so advantageously. Now I'm darker over there, so I'm going to bring this maybe around here. How does that look for you guys? Is that better? Ah. Oh, I know what we're missing. We're missing the light that's right in front of me. Oh, I forgot to turn that light on. That's better. <laughs> you can see me now. Amazing. So, uh, Okay, here we are. Historic philosophy, Marcos Aurelius, right? Essentially accepting things you can and cannot control and finding happiness. There's more to it. Yes, of course, I, I'm remembering that now. Okay, thanks for the the reminder there. So uh, the question by um, Samuel, hello Samuel, is my thoughts on Stoic philosophy, and he's helping us um, to understand uh, about the, the background, accepting things you can and cannot change. I know that's a very familiar phraseology in a lot of 12-step communities, 12-step communities that say, hey, here's what it's like for me to um, uh, take... Uh, acknowledgement of those things that I can and can't change that helps me at least move forward in my own recovery process. So there is that element too. Um, I kind of buy into that um, that frame of mind as well. For me, I am acknowledging a couple of things, Samuel. One that is that I'm human. In my humanity, I am not comprehensively in control of things that are happening. There's so much that's happening for me in reference of um, in reference of beyond my control, if you will. And if it's beyond my control, like I don't have any other option but to say, okay, that's how it's going to be because I can't control the weather, for example. I can't control someone else's decisions. But what I can control is I'll try to control what's in my own sphere. Usually that's uh, the response that I have to discouraging elements, right? So in my life these past, uh, this past little while, there's been a lot of discouraging sequential things. Uh, I'll tell you the topic, uh, Mimo, in just a second here. Um, so yeah, the, there's been a few things that are like just beyond my control and it's kind of crappy. I'm like, I don't know what else I can do more about this scenario. And so... I, I sort of buy into that. It's helped me cope and take responsibility and move forward with what I can't control. And so there's that element there. Um, so I definitely would say I buy into that philosophy as well. Thanks for the question. The, uh, the topic today, we are asking, what's the most exciting thing you've ever experienced? And I was referencing that this is a question about our past. This, this is like past tense. What has happened in your past that's been the most exciting thing ever? And I was starting off with a point of saying, a lot of people kind of get stuck in the past. They get stuck in the past in this season where it's like, uh, I, I don't have um, much to talk about in the present or in the future, but I'm always remembering the good, good old glory days in the past, what once happened, and what, one, what once happened for them was... Um, uh, so impacting that they want to stay in that moment. They want to continue living that moment in perpetuity um, for a long time. 
at the expense of going forward and making new memories and new experiences and new growth and new understandings. And so there's that expression of, of those who are still stuck in the past at some say very exciting point in their experience. And so there are those who I, if I had the chance to interact with, would encourage saying, let's move forward from that now. That's wonderful to remember, but memory plays a helpful part, and that is to propel us into future pursuits. Because you experienced that one thing in the past, what's the next thing that you're going to experience that you could work towards and experience in the future? Have you ever been excited for something in the past, but when it came around, you were disappointed? Great question. I've got one right off the bat. So I used to grow up in a church context, and in church context, they have what they call vacation Bible school. So this is in the summertime. They have a special week dedicated where they have activities for kids to come and learn a few things from the Bible through the midst of activities and games and crafts and that kind of thing. A lot of fun for kids, a lot, lots of fun. So you go to this vacation Bible school. It's probably like two, three hours a day for a week. And usually they'll have like a present, not not a present, but they'll have a prize. They'll have a prize that they'll say, whoever gets the most points that you can earn through the week will have this big surprise uh, at the very end for them, this big prize that, that is available. So I remember one specific year, actually this is like every year, um, the same response, but this one specific year, I really had, um, I really had this excitement for, I can't wait, what is it going to be? And in my mind, I concocted something up. The big prize that year was going to be, do you guys know those, um, plastic toy cars that you can actually sit in and they're battery operated and kids can drive them around like the neighborhood. So it's like a mini little, little car and they just sit in and it has a little battery in there and you can like just, you know, just go around the neighborhood driving this car and it's a lot of fun, but it's expensive, right? And in my, in my context, we could never afford something like that. So when they were saying um, this one year, hey, we have a big prize, huge, massive prize for the one who gets the most points. Well, I was driven. I was going to win that first prize because in my mind, I said that prize, it's got to be one of these cars, these battery operated cars. And I worked my tail off that whole week to get the most points. I worked hard to memorize my, my verses that we were supposed to memorize. I participated. I, I, behaved, like, I, just, I just knocked it out of the park and I won first prize. And I remember as I was salivating about to receive this grand prize at the very end, I, I could care less about the acknowledgement. I just wanted the prize. I wanted the car, right? And then, <laughs> and then they came out with the prize. And do you know what it was? Just this big poster, this giant poster of two lion cubs and some cheesy like Bible verse on there. And... The disappointment. Oh my goodness. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. I worked this hard for a poster. <laughs> I, was, I don't know, probably like 10 years old at the time. But you see, I had vested myself in an outcome and I worked really hard for it and it, it was like disappointing. I, I remember another experience when the I moved here to Canada from Africa when I was eight years old. We never got a chance to move back or to go back for a visit until about 11, 12 years ago. And when we went back as a family for a visit, I remember this one time we walked into this um, restaurant. We were famished. We wanted to eat. Um, and now something I like doing is I like eating my dessert before I eat my meal. And so we were looking at the food behind the counter, and they had these they had this bakery counter, and it had the most beautiful pieces of baked goods, like pieces of cake that were large, and they looked so delicious, so amazing. And on top of that, 
<laughs> I mean, everything else looked great too. But I chose the most delectable looking large portion plate I saw behind the counter saying, I want that one. I could totally dig into that. And that's going to satisfy me. It was so rich in color. It looked so delicious, so scrumptious. And I was like, I want that. <laughs> and so we went to sit down and eat it. And it turned out to be the most bland and disappointing experience ever. It looked so good. And yet it was terrible, terrible. I was like, Oh, we paid money for this, and this is painful. This is so, like, I couldn't even finish it. I was like, this is that bad. <laughs> that was disappointing. So, yes, that's a great part. Um, are you from Ethiopia? Yes, Brian, I am from Ethiopia. Nicely done. <laughs> I'm impressed that you got to a destination. Yes, I am from Ethiopia. So, wow, that was that was quite the experience <laughs> of of disappointment. So yes, uh, but today's question is not, what are your failed um, experiences of, of uh, excitement that you had high expectations for, but what were the legitimate ones? What was the most exciting thing you've ever experienced? Well, I know mine. <laughs> I'm, I can't wait to get to it, but let me just talk a little bit more about the question. So it's talking about your past and I was saying, don't live in your past, remember the past, but use it to fuel your present and what could be in the future. That's one of my things. Um, is um, I like re helping others recalibrate their past experiences. This is my big uh, experience I had in life is I had to recalibrate my past experiences because I used to think myself kind of a write-off. I saw myself as a write-off. I was like, there's not much that I have to be able to contribute, especially given my experiences and mistakes that I've made in the past. That defines my identity. And I had to get to the point where I was like, no, actually the past does not make me worth less or diminish my worth. In essence, the past informs the lessons I've learned from my presence. And for me, those are some powerful lessons that I had to learn and come through. And using that now, reflecting on the past, considering my present, and then forecasting for the future, re rewriting my future. That's the evolution that I've come to find tremendous uh, stability in. But the most exciting thing you've ever experienced, can I tell you how I've put this question off for quite some time now until today? And finally, I was like, yeah, I think I've, I know, because I was like struggling thinking, what is so significant in my past that was that meaningful? And uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I got it. For me, it's a bit of a story. I am 41 years old. It kind of blows so many. As an Uber driver, and even not as an Uber driver, I think people were just shocked to find out how old I am because apparently I look young. I'm often getting uh, people guessing in the 20s category saying you must be 22, 23, you know, but the way you're speaking, it's like you've got a lot more uh, under your belt. And yeah, I kind of do, but I didn't realize how young I look. I mentioned that because at 41 years old, um, when I experienced my first relationship ever, my first relationship, <laughs> I was... 28 years old. I'd never had a girlfriend until I was 28 years old. Now, that does not mean <laughs> that I didn't have any romantic interest growing up. I had some significant romantic interests. I had girls that I had crushes on, very powerful crushes. I mean, I was like fantasizing and dreaming about them and longing for what could be. And I just never had the skill set. I'd never been taught. I'd never had the courage to step up and express my interest and said individuals saying, hey, I'm interested for this purpose over here. Did not know how to do that. I was gifted socially. I could make friends with rock, and yet I couldn't express that I had an interest romantically in a girl. And so 
for my teen years, right into my 20s, I struggled in royal ways in expressing desire for intimacy. And um, whew, that was that was not an easy time. And so I mentioned that as a significant point because when I, when I got into my first relationship at 28 years old, that began an exciting season for me that I'd never experienced before. Before that point, I had had no one by way of a girlfriend. And I had to clarify that again, because uh, apparently my mannerisms, uh, which are very intentional on my part, many people have often wondered after observing them saying, are you sure you're not bi or um, gay? And I'm like, yep. I'm fairly certain <laughs> I uh, the way I present myself is very specific and I did, I'm unapologetic about that. I'm unapologetic because this is the way that I value engaging and that's where I yeah express myself as such even if it gives strong vibes on the gaydar as my sister would say. <laughs> I'm not offended when people are like, are you sure? I'm like, nope. I'm pretty sure, and I don't take offense because I also want to acknowledge that comedian saying, I never want to speak disparagingly and saying, no way, I'm not gay. No, no, no. There are others who have different expressions of um, of interest that may not resonate with mine, and I'm never going to yuck somebody's yum, as some of my friends would say. So I had always desired girlfriends, and I'd never experienced one. It was in my 20s that I started reading some books on relationships and formulating what my way of thinking about relationships could look like. And so I had some very high ideals. It was really interesting. Maybe we'll talk about that another time. But when I first got into my relationship at 28 with um, the the a girl who became my wife a couple of years later, that was like so intoxicatingly like out of this world. I was like, I can't believe how exciting it is that I can express romantic interest in someone and they're going to respond in the same way saying, I'm also interested. That blew my mind. Can I tell you, that was probably the beginning of a very exciting season that culminated. There's a culmination point here that I want to get to with you guys, okay? But I was so stoked. Like someone said, yes. And and she was probably my third one that I'd asked because there's two other girls before her, maybe when I was 27, that I said, okay, I think I have the confidence to ask and express interest in, in a girl. And the two girls before the uh, yes for me had both said no. So I was like, okay, no problem. And I prepared for those kind of responses too. But when it came to this individual, I was like, oh, hell yes, you know. Where are you from? I'm from Ethiopia originally and grew up in um, Canada on the West Coast. So, um, yes, I was so excited. And I was moving in this zone as if I was walking on cloud nine. Let me, let me give you a specific story. This is... <laughs> You'll enjoy this story. Okay, so this is very early on. I'd asked her out. The way I'd asked her out was, first of all, I asked her out for a couple of walks. Um, we'd gone for about five, six date walks um, uh, in, in the park in the city where we were living. And as we were there, that's how I'm, I'm like, oh, man, I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. But my conviction at that time, based on what I'd been reading in the books, which was you know, a certain way of thinking, was okay, I need to express my intentions to this girl. So even to this day, I don't like the idea of ambiguous dating. When I'm asking for someone's heart, I'm like, no, I want them to know what I'm asking for here. I want them to know what my intentions are. So even to this day, when I express interest in the girl, I say, hey, I'm interested in, in dating you. I'd like to see how how, that's, how this goes, but I don't want you to be in the dark about what my intentions are. I'm interested romantically, and I'd 
like to see where this goes. That's kind of how it usually goes. So, um, I've done this with this with this girl by, by the sixth date saying, hey, um, I'm interested. I'd love to see how far this goes. I would especially love to consider marriage at some point in the end because I was, like, really serious about her. And so, um, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, she said, let me get back to you. She took a, a you know, in my memory, in hers, it was shorter, but in my, my memory, I think it was, like, a few weeks. So, I'm like, yeah, no worries. You take your time. And then I remember... Um, my group of friends and her group of friends, we'd all decided to go together, meet each other and go for dinner, um, you know, just to get acquainted on both sides and meet each other because my friends had heard me talking about her and they were interested in meeting her. Her friends had heard about me and they were interested in meeting me. And so we went for this mutual dinner over at uh, one of the restaurants. And then after the dinner, uh, you know, it's time for us to say goodbye. We're going to part ways, me and her and her group of friends and my group of friends. So our group of friends sort of like, they gave us some space. They walked ahead, you know, to leave us, you know, some privacy or whatever so we could say our goodbyes because we were going in opposite directions. And uh, so I, I said, so that was fun and delightful. Thank you for a lovely evening. And I kind of just gave her a hug. And then we parted and went our our opposite ways to join our friends. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting to a point here, guys. So just hang on. Um, and then... Uh, as I joined my group of friends, they said, so did you kiss her? I'm like, what? Because here's the thing. Remember, I'd never dated till I was 28 years old. I did not know how this goes. And one of the things I was super sensitive about was doing something against the girl's wishes without, you know, like I was really sensitive about that zone. And so I, in my mind, I'd never conceptualized even making such a move on a girl like to audaciously just go ahead and kiss her without even asking her or I, I mean I could have asked her but I didn't and I was like no she's probably not interested or at that point there yet you know so um we were maybe at a, the month mark in our relationship at this time and uh so my friends were like so did he kiss her and I'm like oh, no I couldn't I couldn't do that and they looked at me with incredulity and they're like Binium you didn't you didn't tell me at least that you you know hugged her or something I'm like yeah I, I think I yeah I, I definitely hugged her and they're like they're like, oh, Binium. So they're like, Binium, if you're not expressing interest physically, <laughs> she's going to wonder if you're really into her is what they were saying. You should like, you should totally move ahead on that one. And I was like, are you serious? They're like, yeah. They're like, you're telling us you've never kissed a girl. I'm like, I have never kissed a girl. I've never French kissed a girl. I have no idea how it goes. Like, you've never, like, and so they went into some, you know, crass ways of describing what goes on. And they're like, you've never, I'm, I'm like, no. They're like, uh, Benium, you probably should revisit this one here, like, pronto, lest you are going to, you know, lose an opportunity here. So I was like, holy crap, maybe I, I don't know how this goes. Maybe I'm the one who's out to lunch on this. I better find out. So I was stressing out about it for the rest of that evening. This is on a Saturday night, okay? That night, I think after stressing out and, you know, like mulling it over in my mind for till maybe like, uh, I think it was maybe about, uh, I don't know, 12 o'clock midnight or 1 o'clock. Then I sat down on my computer, typed out this long, like five page email saying, so here's a conversation my friends and I had, and here's what they're saying. And I mean, for my part, it's a hell yes. I would love to move into this zone. And yet I don't know if this is the way things go. So I just want you to know that I want to honor your space and at least express my interest saying, um, I might be missing something. If uh, you're interested, I would love to, you know, move to this next stage here. And if not, um, that's totally okay. Um, and 
uh, I'm even scared to ask for the kiss, but would you be willing at least to let me hold your hand? Like, you know, as a lover's embrace, hold, holding hand. Can you see how I was overthinking this? <laughs> it was a long email, just kind of like uh, mental diarrhea of sorts. And finally, you know, I sent that off and I was like, okay, we'll find out because I'm going to see you the next morning at church, you know, because uh, I was going to ask, can I sit beside you and maybe hold your hand? That was the very thrust of this whole email. But I'm very, yeah, I, I overthink things. <laughs> so the next day at church, for the first time ever, I got to hold her hand. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. It was so good. It was, oh, I was not listening to the, the pastor's sermon at all. I was just kind of like, this is a really cool experience. I get to hold her hand. And most of you are like, oh my goodness, is it like you're just thrilled to hold her hand and that's it. I was, I was blown away by that. Yeah, I was on cloud nine. And then I think a few days later, when we were on one of our walks, we sat down beside uh, the river. And then she said to me, so about that offer for a kiss, I think I'm not ready for my kiss. And that was the first kiss I'd ever experienced with a girl when I was 28 years old. Wow. It was it was it wasn't really awkward, but it was clumsy. And we're yeah, we were trying to go through it. And it was exciting. It was super exciting. Again, the question for you guys for coming on is, what's the most exciting thing you've ever experienced? I remember remembering mine in the past, and it continues to inform me who I am today. That kiss was exciting. Oh, my goodness. So there's a progression here. My first relationship ever. What? I get to be in a relationship with a girl, and she's expressing romantic interest in me. Mind-blowing. And then the progression in that relationship of, I got to hold her hand. Holy crap. I'm not going to wash this hand. for Anyway something along those lines see the first kiss ever holy crap that was whoo yeah that was still memorable i still remember the very bench on that pathway that we've been walking on where we sat down and oh that was something stellar now <laughs> that wasn't the most exciting thing what was the most exciting thing i've ever experienced i think it was captured on camera and I was looking for my wedding album, and it would I would have pulled out my wedding album and shown you this picture. But this picture was me on my wedding day. On my wedding day, standing there waiting. She hadn't come into the into the uh, auditorium yet with her dad. So I was waiting there with my men, right? And we we're just kind of waiting. And then all of a sudden, the music changes, and it's the announcing of the bride with her dad. And when the doors opened and she walked in, the camera person knew where to uh, point that camera she took this picture of me and it was just captured on my face this look of stunned excitement like kind of like i was i was you could definitely tell from that picture i was just captured in that moment of excitement incarnate i was holy crap like i get this and so that was probably the most exciting thing i've ever experienced it was a build-up through that whole relationship to that point where we got married and wow it was unbelievable it was it was fantastic that was the most exciting experience i've ever had now as i reflect on that exciting experience uh i mean we're not together anymore sadly and i had to learn some difficult lessons along the way relationally and um and i'm taking responsibility now for you know my contribution and why we're not together anymore and so some of you know that story too 
um, and how I still esteem and admire her. She's the mother of our three kids, and uh, she's one of the people I value most in the way that she is as a human being. She's just an amazing specimen. But um, since then, I've had many other excitements, um, and a lot of other excitements. Uh, but as far as the most exciting one, that was it right there. And that was a significant first experience for me that made it super exciting. I think those exciting moments are fantastic when we get access to them because it reminds us that in, a, in the midst of life that is more challenging than not, there are unexpected things that come along the way. And then there are also planned things that come along the way that give us that sense, that boost, that internal sense of a jumpstart, like, whoa, amazing, you know, like whether it's unexpected or whether it's planned. And when we are able to enjoy those moments, that's one thing, to be able to be in that moment and not miss it, to be able to enjoy it, whether you're watching your team, Brandon, winning their championship or whether you're watching um, uh, a friend make it to some echelon you're super excited for them or whether you're experiencing something for yourself or you're like my life has just changed in a significant way those moments are are worthwhile enjoying in the moment because when you enjoy them in the moment you're like savoring it that moment eventually gets into the past but that <laughs> go flames go and then when it goes into the past you're like that was wonderful but that doesn't mean i have to get stuck there for my part, I know I could get stuck in what once was over here, but then that would handicap my ability to move forward in life, to be able to experience new things that are coming. Because can I tell you that it wasn't just that one experience, there's still more in front of us. And how do we get to those other exciting ones? We continue to go through in our present moments, reflecting on what's coming our way, processing what comes our way and engaging in a very active way. So live life on purpose, friends. Live for these moments right now because they go move into the past and we continue propelling ourselves forward. Thanks for joining me. Love you guys. I will see you on the next episode tomorrow. Have a great Wednesday.